Kapoi. Well, kia ora koutou. You're listening to HakaWorks Talks. I'm your host, Carl Burrows, the founder of HakaWorks. Over the last 15 years, HakaWorks has been helping transform teams and leaders with tools from Māori culture, helping them create what we like to call a culture of bravery. We hold regular podcasts where we are joined by a special guest to explore how we can apply the knowledge of our ancestors to help us find purpose, values, and connection in modern life and business. As the saying goes, conversation is the food of chiefs. And today we have Mr. Dan Walker, um, Global Chair of Indigenous ERG at Microsoft. Dan is a New Zealander, he is Māori. He is also a Director Trustee on a number of boards, including his tribal board, Ngāti Ruanui, where he helped spearhead the Tu Nui Code Programme, encouraging Māori to consider taking up a career in tech. Um, I'll be talking to Dan today about the place for Māori and Indigenous knowledge within the IT industry and what has an organisation like Microsoft to gain from engaging with Māori. Uh, Kia hey Dan. I was just listening to uh, DB Packer, Ngarewa, um, yes. doing a quarter in Parliament. Did you have a chance to hear her today? Uh, I'm so proud of her, man. She's she's done so well, and she's yeah. going to represent for Māori. Um, yeah. yeah, she's going to be amazing. Yeah, it was a beautiful quarter, wasn't it? And um, just got to the part actually where she was talking about her time at Stanford University and when the young rangatahi came over. Um, I know you're involved in that. So, you know, really interested to learn, um, listen to your, um, listen to you about what happened at, during that time. But what I thought we'd do first is just to start off with, uh, if we can get you to talk um, about who you are, what you, where you're from, um, and maybe just as a way to start using Pipiha as, as the foundation for that. Okay, oh, tēnā koutou katoa, uh, e, e ki ai tōku uh, tūpuna a tūri ariki nui, e koreo e ngaro he kākono e rui e mai rangi ātea, ti ei mauri ora. Ko au te te waka, ko taranaki te maunga, ko ngāti rua nui tōku iwi, ko āmoa pōtiki oku apu, ko taipori he nui me mere mere marai, uh, oku marai, uh, ko tango hoi te awa, Ko Dan te Whenua Waka Ahau. Uh, e te taha o tōku papa, e uri wake eke au, no ngā katoki wakitoria. Uh, e te taha o tōku mama, e uri wake eke au, no ngā tiruanui, ngā rue enerangi, maniapoto, ngā ti kahumunu ki wairoa, tūhaurangi. Nō reira, tēnā koutou katoa. Ka pai Dan. Hey Dan, I just um, you know, for most people here listening, they might not know what uh, Pipiha is, but so just a quick explanation. It's just the way that we connect ourselves to who we are, um, connect ourselves to the land, connect ourselves to our ancestors and our community, and just um, yeah, just as really, perhaps not to um, translate, but just you know, take a few of those things that you spoke about in Maori and just give us a bit more of a background about who you are and where you're from. Yeah, kapoi. Uh, so. Kia ora everyone. My ancestral mountain, my ancestor uh, is Te Maunga Titoia, as was mentioned by Carl, um, also known as Taranaki and also goes by Maunga Tapu and many other names as well. Um, my mountain is my, my uh, Kaifakaturakio, is my protector, my guide and my place of replenishment for my, my spirit. Um, my awa, Tangohui, is where my people, sustained my people for many years through the generation for 600 years plus. And um, there's many stories that and blessings and waiata that include that awa, that river, and, um, and links me to, through my ancestors into that place. My marae, um, or one of my marae is Taipurihe Nui, which is where my my granddad Tapuhi Hikuroa is buried, and um, as well as my his uh, wahine, his wife, my great great nana, Maraya Wakarangani Williams, 
and then uh, all of my my wano are from there as well and that that marae that urupa um taipurihinui but also many many is my marae as well te aroha and aotearoa from around those uh, around south taranaki and and led me into those beautiful places down there my mum moved down to Christchurch with the trade training scheme in the 70s and I was lucky to um, to be raised by beautiful parents, Noel Walker uh, from, I see Kaipuki Wakitoria, but uh, his mum is from Ireland, his dad is from Scotland. And uh, I'm still connecting through my roots, but I'm very proud of, of, of those roots as well. I'm a proud party. Uh, and then through to uh, who you see here today, Dan Walker, a father of three amazing children, um, Josh, Tamakura, Tyler Ruanui, and Maya Witkewinaka, my mum's name, and then also a, a husband and um, a proud Kiwi, a proud uh, New Zealander. Kia ora. Kia ora. Kia ora, Dan. Thanks for that introduction. Um, and I just, you know, well, a couple of things to reflect on for me is, one, you're from Taranaki and I have Ngāti Ruanui connections as well. Um, Kia ora. And, and one of the reasons why is Deb is is because she's represented so well um, the region recently, um, now the Māori MP, Māori Party um, MP, of course, I'm down in Parliament. Um, also, having dual heritage, something that, you know, is quite familiar uh, for Māori now. It's not um, it's not just you and me anymore. Um, there's, there's a lot of people. And I say that because, you know, there's in, in the past, people had the choice, really, um, to say they weren't Māori, you know, if, if they wanted to, because... Um, you know, we had yeah. we we lighter, we whiter skin. Um, we have Pākehā names, European names. It's easy for us to move into the world of, of European world that New Zealand that dominate New Zealand back at the time. But it was something that I chose, um, you know, not to do. It was and it was for me. It was a journey that I um, went on to to you know make sure I was my full self in, in being a Maori and being a person. And you know, there was a similar journey for yourself growing up in Christchurch. I understand. Oh, definitely. Actually, I, I grew up disconnected to who I was. And, um, you know, Nana was Nana Chick. Or her, that, that's who we call her, but her full name is Teru Tohiyo Taranaki. Um, she's an amazing matriarch of our, of the Hikuroa whanau uh, down in South Taranaki. But, um, you know, she was of that era that to ensure that, you know, her kids did well, um, she sent them off to a, a normal school. They didn't have kura kopapo or kohanga reo back then, so um, you know they lost their language, and um, you know that that was how they were raised. But I, I actually look at, at their generation, even though they didn't have the language, they still had a very Maori upbringing in terms of a really close connection to the marae, close connection to the wano, and um, you know all of the amazing party of Māori Club, uh, are my uncles and aunties, and I'm privileged to be connected to, you know, people um, who are, are amazing leaders for me, who are just revere, um, and and still hold the Māori of of Ngāti Ruanui today. Mm. Uh, you know, I, that's that's why I'm, I'm really lucky, and I, I know others aren't, but I, I had the benefit of being able to connect back into my my iwi. Um, and still connect with knowledge holders who had sacrificed a lot to hold the, that knowledge. Yeah. And were willing to give it to me, and um, and and not not all of it. Obviously, I've still got a lot to learn, but I'm still a teacher. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm learning lots from amazing um, Komatu and Kuya of Ngāti Duanu. Okay. So I'm really interested in your journey into tech because you know just thinking about your your mihi mihi uh, your pipiha and you're explaining where you're from and your connection to these places and you know you're sharing a maori worldview and uh, when we go when i think about the corporate world when i th think about big tech um it seems such a a contrast to how you know you look at the world and um so just interested in how these two different worlds of yours have managed to come together. So tell us about your journey into the world of tech. Uh, well, actually, it started off with um, me leaving high school without any qualifications. I I didn't 
really connect very well with education in the early stages or academia. Um, and, and part of that was my own sort of um, feelings of inadequacy and um, not just, you yeah, not really understanding where my strengths are. Um, and so I fell into retail actually, which was, you know, a lot of people sort of maybe not look down on it, but they didn't see it as the aspirational kind of um, employment. And I, it was at Dick Smith Electronics. I don't, I don't know if you remember that one, Ihoa, but um, it was like an electronics chain. And um, they, the, the good thing about retail is that if you had some promise and you worked hard, then they would invest in you. And um, I was privileged enough to um, go through their management training programs and by the age of 21, um, even though I had no qualifications, I was made a store manager. And I you know, had um, 18 staff and it was a $10 million store. You don't normally get that kind of stuff at such a young age yeah. in uh, uh, other areas. And so I was developing people and helping them to get their own stores and um, you know, doing the hiring and firing and stuff. So it's, it's a lot to kind of, it's kind of like a crash course in business. And, um, and so through that, I, I rose through the ranks. So I was lucky enough to, um, to end up as national uh, commercial manager at, in, um, at, at Dick Smith. And that's when I, I shifted to Auckland. And I brought Michelle, my wahine, up to Auckland. It was only ever going to be a short-term thing. Um, but we, we sort of moved up here and loved it and really enjoyed our time. And then I got headhunted by Noel Leeming, another uh, technology retailer here. Yeah. And I was there, loved that role as well as National Commercial Sales Manager. Uh, made, made my name there. And, um, and then Samsung uh, came headhunted me to be National Sales Manager. Um, so, you know, I was, I was 28 and I was uh, National Sales Manager of Samsung. It was an amazing opportunity and amazing role. A lovely, I still got mates there today. Um, and yeah, I'll pay acknowledgements to them. And then um, from there, I, I got a touch of, oh, this is what tech is, you know, because they, they um, when I joined there, they'd done something like 70 phones for the whole year, the previous year. And then I joined in the S2 launched about a month after I started. And then it just went boom, you know, and then S3 and then S4. And then, you know, um, it was it was an amazing time at Samsung, you know, and by the time I left, they were doing billion bucks and and uh, a huge organization um went into from there into dell technologies um and it was it was there where i was sort of starting to sort of feel like this uh this disconnection to to maori in terms of um just not seeing us re reflected um I, I was one of the very few maori at samsung again same at dell technologies and it and it wasn't the fact, you know, there's really amazing people there, but um, they just, it, it, it's just, there's a lot of reasons for it actually in terms of why Māori are not in tech. Um, but part of it is also ourselves, you know, um, we never really sent our people into tech. It was never an aspiration for us. It was always other areas. Um, and so coming into Microsoft, it was the first organisation really, um, I've made my name on the, the commercial side of things and you know i'm good at that it's actually i, I know it's one of my gifts in terms of being able to create win-win opportunities for my, my clients my business that i work for um and myself and that's the good thing about that is as i am good at that and um and I, I can now leverage that as a platform to bring benefits for maori and the communities that i serve and aotearoa katoa um, so while there's very few Māori, it's, it's definitely my kaupapa man to get more Māori into tech and then also um, Indigenous globally because we're, we're not reflected in Indigenous in, in tech as well. So yeah. it's an opportunity. Okay. Hey, just um, just going back to what you were saying, you know, we haven't really encouraged our people. And I probably want to come back to this later in terms of how we can do this. Uh, yeah. you know, I think back in the 50s when we all came out of rural areas and there was a big drive towards education so we had a lot of people who are teachers 
um, in the 80s, 70s, 80s, you know, when the, when the treaty was coming to the fore and the claims, we had a lot of lawyers coming through then. Commercial people were in demand um, after that and now. Um, but there's been a push now into, um, you know, STEM. Uh, they call it STEM, don't they? Science, technology. Don't know what E stands for. M for maths. E engineering. Yeah, okay. and, and math. That's right. Yeah, and it's really exciting for me because it's like um, now we, you know, you need these skills to create things. You yeah. know, and we've finally got to a position where we're not having to up educate or or fight for our rights, but we're creating. It's time for us to create. And we're coming from a, from our own perspective. And this is I want to come back to you now because what a, I just love what you say when you say um, being Maori is my superpower because not many people get to bring that to work. You know, especially in the corporate world, we we expected to hide a lot of ourselves, um, leave a lot of ourselves behind um, at home, yeah. and especially when you're a minority culture and you have to fit in with a bigger culture. You know, you sort of say you just play along. You tend to play along, and to get ahead, you want to be part of of the bigger culture. You don't want to turn up and show your Maori side. But it seems for mm -hmm. you it's become a, a, a competitive advantage, I, I suppose. Uh, I totally believe in this, Ewa, and I think um, it's it's about really tapping into that. For um, when I say Maori, you know, I, I think Indigenous around the world, if they if they embrace that part of them, um, the world's looking for it at the moment. Eh? It, mm. It's a it, it's actually and and, I, and tech's just one example, but if I look at tech, it's its birthplace is science you know so it's all about facts and figures and it's um it's based on rational sort of formats but um what what they're saying is now is that they need more soul they they're wanting that and um you know the big the biggest organizations in the world the five biggest organizations in the world now are tech companies so yeah. how do we actually change the narrative change the focus around from just being commercially driven um to this new space of going on that journey of understanding that you know we're a part of we're all connected not just to connected to each other but we're connected to um our environment our sea our, our mountains our rivers we're connected to us the the unknown unseen as well we're connected to the trees um and so when we start putting ourselves above that that's when these issues start start coming in and yeah. and we treat um commercial focus as rather than that being an outcome of you know be living well it's, it becomes the purpose and this is where a lot of organizations are focused that the purpose is the share price the purpose is you know we've got to get you know bigger numbers but um that's that's putting up other things above what's important in life so um indigenous you know i, I always say um tech is good for maori yep but maori is good for tech yeah. because our values is something that can actually help lead the way and um and some of these new thinking because uh sorry i'll say one more thing when when we think about where um things like ai with all these all these new technologies and things like that um the the issue that that we've got is that um, they do adopt the values of the environment that they're embedded in. So if there are no values, which there there are no set values for the digital world, and a lot of people are writing about this, our global CEO Satya Nadella talks about this too. Then yeah. um, it adopts norms, and the norms are the profit motive, basically. Um, so how do we change that up and ensure that we we actually put um, other things forward as important yeah. as that as well mm. oh boy well it's exciting times because um you know just the little amount of time i spent in san francisco with some of the uh you know the companies over there and you know there's <clears throat> there's a lot of younger people coming through now who you know who demand um that their work or place of work or their career or their life um you know is more reflective of the, of the values that they live and I think it's, it seems to be a big a change that is starting to happen. And, you know, you know, the drive towards individualism, you know, that's been happening over the over the centuries um, that sort of resulted in this disconnection and this drive for personal profit um, to the detriment of others. 
Well, it's not completely mm -hmm. mandatory. Of course, we all live in communities, and and there are laws. But you sort of you relied on the government to to come up with these laws to um, you know to set the boundaries, and you were able to operate them and exploit those boundaries as much as possible to make profit. You know, but that doesn't work anymore because I mean, governments are becoming less effective at doing that. Um, yeah. Companies are getting too powerful, um, and you know we've got to find a way to um, you know bring values back into organisations. And I think the good thing about it is that you know when you start to go to work, you want to you feel like you're actually making a contribution to the world. If if you've got um, a higher purpose within your organisation that aligns with that, you know when you go to work, you feel like you're it's something that you contribute uh, contribute yourself to. Yeah, Kilda, Kilda, bro, totally agree. Um, so tell me about a little bit more. I just want to dig deeper on this one. Um, I mean, you have touched on it, um, you know, in terms of connection. But what are some of the values that you think that uh, organisations outside of, um, well, just going back again to what you were talking about in terms of your whakapapa and, and just painting that picture and, and with pipiha and then mm. uh, imagining a tech world, they just seem so far apart. Um, yep. And I just want to tease out, you know, what value that corporates see within the Māori world or the indigenous world. Mm. Mm. Um, well, we know that uh, diversity in, in thought provides actual, there's actual benefit for the business, not just financially, but um, in terms of their culture, in terms of how they turn up and how they, um, they speak to market and all that kind of thing. So that's, that's already well known and, you know, that's in the research. Inclusivity yeah. is, is the next step. and you know, less, there's not many organizations that are good at the inclusive inclusion part, um, but that they're seeing when they can actually create good allyship within that organization, then um, inclusivity is the result. And so what we, um, what we see in those, those companies that are, are starting to look for you know, a diverse opinions and, and embracing um, different perspectives they're actually improving their culture as a result, but it, they also have to go through that, those those um, hard steps in the way of, of making that happen. Um, I think from the the values piece, where we know now that a um, in my research, sorry, bro, my my watch is going off. Um, we know now that with uh, the, the profit motive, the, the commercial focus. Um, it's not your the near, neoliberalism. neoliberalism. Um, a lot of people are just saying that that's not the way that they want to live. Um, so offering different perspectives and different ways of being is actually, um, I think, a competitive advantage for an organization. And you know, kudos to Microsoft, they're on that journey and saying, yep, we're keen to go, we're keen to look at this and, and have that discussion too. And and there are a lot of other organisations out there doing it as well. Okay. So just, just to summarise, it sounds like diversity and inclusion is really important because um, you get a diversity of ideas that, um, and then including those ideas, you create a sense of inclusivity, which um, brings other people within, within the organisation. And then there's the leadership aspect as well, isn't there, around around values and, and what we bring as values, which you touched on before around connection, connection to environment and get connection to um, our communities. Aye, aye. aye. And also I look at, um, I look at Satya as, as the leader of Microsoft. And, yeah. um, you know, he's, when he came to New Zealand last year, um, we did a, a proper porphyry for him. Yeah. And, you know, he, he said, man, you know, when you come to New Zealand, because you get, you, know, you you get properly welcomed, um, yeah. Yeah. as opposed to other places he might go around the world. Um, he, he really connects and resonates with our culture, which is, mm. is something that I think is another piece of why, the, you know, Maori culture is special. Uh, and yeah. I, I think back to as well to, to Samsung, when I was there, um, when we we became an official subsidiary of Samsung in New Zealand, um, 
the thing they wanted to do with the haka. And, yeah. you know, one of my mates who was, um, who was head of retail at the time, and we're still mates, Logan, um, he, he was saying, man, I still, that was one of my proudest moments of my life. And uh, we were just talking about that the other day. So, yeah. you know, our, our culture has ways when, when we do it well, it resonates and connects from a heart perspective and a, and a puku perspective rather than just the head. Yeah. <clears throat> Good point. No, I, I think so. It's um, people see that instinctively and know something's going on. They don't, they might not necessarily have the words to describe uh, what they're feeling when they see haka, but um, they know something's going on deep in, deeper inside of them that they, they connect. We help them connect to that. They forget. Um, totally, bro. So just, um, just on the, on the flip side of that is, um, you know, there's a lot of concern about protecting indigenous knowledge or other people exploiting it when they don't really have the right or they're using it in wrong ways. Is is that an issue for you? Do you see that as an issue within Microsoft or within other organizations? And how, if so, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I, I think that's something we've constantly got to think about and we've got to be respectful. Um, Microsoft can, just like any big corporate, not even a big New Zealand company um, can steamroll uh, opinion, community opinions, indigenous opinions, and um, and then again, it, it, we, we can just be it can be another form of colonization. Um, and th therefore, we've got to be respectful and and we've got to be um, considerate of how we do things. You know, Microsoft can ruin things if we. If we rush into, um, you know, what what our indigenous relationships, for instance, yeah, um, we're we're big as well. So you know, we we can step on people and, and do things in the wrong way. So um, my always my counsel is making sure that we are willing to build relationships first. Um, one of the bro Atafai talks about a thousand cups of tea. Um, that's that's the kind of stuff that we need. Um, before we start coming out saying this is the solution, you know, this is because uh, Māori are indigenous people, but Māori is, is definitely from personal experience have had that for years, you know, big organization, normally the government, but, yeah. you know, um, now corporates are sort yeah. of saying, hey, we can solve your problems. We, can, we, we know the answers and, um, but they haven't even built their relationships. So they, they, um, they cause more problems than they do, um, you know, solving, mm -hmm. When, when they think that they're actually making making gains, so yeah, I think the problem is relationship is yeah. Just jumping, I think the problem is um, well, people there's, there's an element of arrogance, isn't it? And that comes from being so successful, uh, especially mm. with a company like Microsoft, and and um, you know, not really listening and taking the time to um, I mean, not say you're doing this, but that this is where the potential uh, could come uh, for problems. I'm not really listening. Um, and also taking an idea and go, hey, this is great, and applying it in ways which it wasn't intended, uh, and yeah. that can um, be damaging to <clears throat> the original knowledge. It could be detrimental to the culture uh, if people aren't careful. And I and I suppose, like you're saying, it's how do you, how do you resolve that? It's it's well, it's taking your time, it's talking, so making sure that people understand and are respectful. Yeah. It's not just a matter of um, you know rolling it rolling it forward. And and also. You know, doing things of authenticity. Um, I actually, I, I've been really impressed with Microsoft, bro, in terms of, you know, they're, they're willing to be challenged, they're willing to be, um, to have the conversation, and um, and that they'll support you if they if they know know it's right. Um, I remember when we launched Indigenous at Microsoft, my dad said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's capitalizing on Black Lives Matter. Um, we we did get this all organized before all that stuff happened yeah um but then when COVID happened we we sort of pulled back um but obviously black lives matter is very important and has caused many organizations including microsoft to to relook at themselves um but from indigenous and microsoft perspective it's a journey you know it's uh it's a long-term journey um personally it's something i'm i'm incredibly proud of and it will be a legacy thing you know, I'll, Microsoft's been around for uh, longer than I've been alive, um, and they may be here for longer. You know, until 
my grandkids are born and stuff. So, um, yeah. maybe not as long as that, do we? No way, bro. No, no, we we've been here forever. Um, but yeah, the the fact that this indigenous global diversity pillar has been created, that's a legacy, and I'm I'm really proud of that. That Microsoft has um, taken that brave step of you know moving forward with that. Well, tell us about the um, indigenous ERG. What does it mean, and how did it come about? Yep. So it's a global diversity pillar, and um, and once you're you know, sort of the way Microsoft set up, um, we've, we've actually, we've got a, a diversity pillar, a Māori and Pacifica one here in New Zealand, which okay. is, um, you know, doing some awesome stuff. And I don't know if you've seen some of it, but we, we created a Māori Minecraft. Um, yeah. One of the awesome uh, wahine here, Anne Taylor, created um, a Te Reo Māori AI. Wow. Um, and, you know, we, we've done... I've got so many different things we've done that you know, we we we're doing porphyry for uh, for new starters. We've got um, people wanting to do Māori welcomes for the new Xbox launch and stuff like that, the yeah. global one. Yeah. And and so we're we're definitely doing some great things already. And and globally we're doing some great things. But um, the Indigenous ERG is about how do we first of all how do we uh, engage with Indigenous internally. So how do we change our culture to make Microsoft an Indigenous employer of choice, which is lo a long way away from where they are. Yeah. You know, and like Māori look at Microsoft as a big beast that they're like, oh, I'll never get a job there. Yeah. Um, and that, that's, so, you know, it's, it's on both sides in terms of we haven't really focused on tech, but also tech hasn't focused on us. Um, and then, so how do we change our culture? And make it a more acceptable place because a lot of, a lot of indigenous have come into Microsoft and like gone, shucks, it's too, this isn't my you know my gig, the yeah. too commercially driven, um, there's no sort of, it's all kind of face value, or lip service to Maori but no real commitment, um, so they're, they're keen to go on that journey and then also how do we engage and partner with community, um, is a big goal of the CIG. Uh, and then the last one is how do we put an indigenous lens in front of our software and technology so that it's created in a way that indigenous want to want to engage with it um and you know i think about macrons for instance yeah microsoft office didn't have macrons as a part of the new zealand keyboard you have to download a separate keyboard um the maori keyboard you have to download you have to install it, you have to switch keyboards you have to have the language pack installed it's it's a mission so um you know one of the awesome wahine here ali um connected with one of the global guys in office and, he, and he's like oh yeah we can we can do that we'll we'll put that into the new zealand you know um keyboard so that's now coming into the standard office so when you think about putting your inclusivity inclusive yeah. kind of hat on or accessible yeah. um it just makes it more accessible for our whanau to interact with te reo maori on yeah. on Microsoft products yeah. and Microsoft products are everywhere. You know, yeah. they permeate into pretty much 95% of the, the world. So yeah. um, that means we can get our language that like in, into those places too, which is awesome. No, it, it shows that um, somebody's thinking about it, about it, about us. Um, and then it shows that you actually care, care enough to do something about it. Yeah, I ticker. Yeah. Mm. Which makes a and, huge difference. And that's, that's where I'm thinking this indigenous ERG, um, we've got we've got more allies than we have indigenous. Uh, Microsoft is, is less than 2% Maori and tech in New Zealand. And um, it, that's the same globally for Microsoft. There's less than 2% indigenous in Microsoft globally. Yeah. Um, so it's, a, it's definitely um, something where if we can, if we can make our tools more accessible for Indigenous, they will start looking at Microsoft as a place to work at. Okay. Um, I'm going to turn to the other side, but just before I do, um, you know, I'd like to. I've been. I, I follow uh, your CEO uh, quite a lot on LinkedIn and things. Yeah. And just, I mean, he the values he carries the values around with him. You know, he displays them in terms of leadership. Um, he does. Yeah, and and if. 
in terms of an authentic leader, he's one of the people that I put up on a pedestal, you know, for myself. Um, so he's really quite impressive. And great to see that it's coming down to, you know, through to this, through to your level, right through the organization. Um, and also when we work with Microsoft over here in, in the UK, you know, some of the people after our presentation, people would come up to us and talk about uh, Satya and, and the values that he, you know, espouses through through action, you know, yeah. how much the organization has changed as a result of that. So, um, so just coming back to the other side now is, you know, as well as organizations encouraging Māori to work in tech or providing an environment where it's easier. Um, how do we get our own people in, in, engaged, encouraged to, to be in tech? Mm. I think the the journey has begun. We we need to actually see our, our wano in tech. So we need to have our aunties and uncles, you know, that that are at the marae also, you know, involved in tech. Um, we need to see success reflected, um, not just success in sports which is um you know vast with a um, maori and, and pacifica but also seeing it in um in some of these these technology places as well that's a that's a big one then you'll start seeing um you know maori self-certifying i guess to to saying oh yep well they can do it so i can do it um so that's one thing the other one is the mums and dads have got to say um, hey, we think this is a, a way where you can go. Um, so making sure that, you know, because Māori, they they do, um, you yeah, know, Ako, and Kuia, they, they play a big role in our lives. So if, that, if they're pushing us down that way, then, you know, we'll go. And this is the reason why a lot of the, the hotshots went into law, a lot of them went into education, into social services, government, and we've got some amazing leaders in there, man. Um, but but they, that a lot of our Fumatu and Kuya pushed them that way because they saw the sediments coming down the pipe, yeah. and they let's get ready for that. Let's get them in there. Um, but now, you know that we we actually need to be taking on that entrepreneurial spirit. We need to be taking on the the innovation, and then um, because Maori, you know, if you if you start connecting in. You connect more to your culture and to your people and to your hapu, your iwi. Um, as you grow, so does your iwi. And we see that, you know, we, we see that with people like Debbie, um, you know, our Winona, when she gets into MP, we all feel like a win for that because it's yeah. uh, one of our own, making it the first Ngātirua Nui in, in government. Um, and and certainly I, I felt it, that, that responsibility of myself being a role model uh, and making sure that for Māori that they know, you know, if I can make it a dropout who didn't even pass the form or, or you know, I, I don't know what you call it, year, year. 11, is it? Year 11, yeah. 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 Um, and, and I can make it into Microsoft because of, um, you know, hard work, ethic, but also um, starting to work out where my strengths lie. It took me a while, you know. In my early years, it was it was tough, but um, slowly but surely, I, I found where my strengths lie and, and where I can start adding value. And I've, I know now that being in that authentic place that says being proud of who I am as a Maori and a Pākehā, um, I can start adding value in different ways for all sorts of people. Mm, yeah. uh, and there's beautiful outcomes from that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just want to jump in there and say it's. I mean, I've heard this quite a few times now on these podcasts. It's it's really knowing who you are. It's taking the time to know yourself and what you value and what you believe in, and that I think comes from understanding where you come from. Yeah, yeah. Well, you don't know where you're going if you don't know where you've come from, eh? Um, yeah. it's, it's definitely a, a big a big thing for me um, because I I was I got that role with Dick Smith and. I thought I was all good, eh? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. And then you sort of, you hit a a bump in the road or maybe you lose your job or you get a written warning or um, you get a really bad, you know, performance review and then it, it knocks you and you're like, oh, fire, what, 
what's happening here? You know, why does this affect me so much? And it's because you um, you don't have that internal pole that you can return to to, to give you your sustenance and give, give you your replenishment. Um, mm. And a lot of people rely on external, you know, people uh, to yeah. give them um, validation for who they are. But yeah. once you once you really know who you are as, as a Maori, you're so lucky, man. Like that, that for me anyway, it's it's my inner strength that allows me to be able to step into places that um, I've, I, I know I never used to be able to go. And, that, and that's why I started with my, you know, our ancestor, Tūri, Ariki Nui. And when he said, e ngaro he I'll never be lost in this world because I'm a seed cast forth from Rangiatea. And I, that's, that's my my catch cry, man. That's my anthem. And, and I, it guides me and it knows that um, I, I belong anywhere I am because I, you know, I'm a seed from Rangiatea. Yeah. And I'm a part of, of uh, so many amazing people that, that have, have sacrificed but also love and help me to get here to where I am today. Thanks, Dan. It's a really beautiful way of, of putting it. And, um, you know, it's a really, a real privilege to hear it from you. Hey, just on that then, um, you've been working with a whole bunch of young people uh, with the Tu Nui Code from Ngāti Nui, and I understand taking them to all sorts of places away from where they're from, um, bringing them back, obviously. Um, tell us a bit about that and, and how does it work? How did it come about? Oh, I, I do. Um, I will say, bro, that that was Debbie. I have to pay homage to her, bro. She, um, she was the one. It was her brainchild. Um, yep, I was on the board at Deputy Chair at the time, but um, you know, she she smashed it and just made it happen, and and the whole board just loved her concept and supported her to do that. And when it's our kids, you know, it's it's just a beautiful thing to see them go out there and be exposed to the world um, but as i said before because they're connected to who they are they bring all those benefits back to their marae or their their whanau their, their hapu and their iwi and we've seen that time and time again um when when the first rōpū came back they can they did a presentation to the iwi um and that that packed out the whole um ngāti ruanui runanga offices um and all of our kaumatu and kui are just loving it and so proud, you know, it's, and we're still proud of them. Um, and what we're seeing as well is that the, you know, the, the years as they go on, they come in and mentor the, the, one, the new ones who come through. Um, and I, I just pay homage to Debbie, man. She, she went out and found the relationships. She connected with government. She got, she hustled and found money in different areas. And, and now, you know, and, and that's what I think, if I look at that example of how I look at that and how I can use Microsoft as a platform to bring benefits for the communities that I serve, um, you know, again, not just Maori, but Aotearoa. Uh, and I, I definitely see that in what she, she achieved with Tunui Code. Awesome. All right. I'd love to have, to have a chat to her about that sometime in the future. But um, then, Tell us about your future. What what are your plans? Have you got any goals you want to share with us? Uh, I actually, you know, I look at. Um, I've been asked that. I was like, well, what's your five year plan? And bro, I I start from. Um, I want to be the best dad I can be, and mm. um, the best husband, the best brother, best whānau member um, I can be, while growing in my um my business successes and and um my growth in te ao maori as well but, but where it all comes from is making sure that i um I, I give to those who are important to me um which is, is definitely my, my wano yeah. so i, I don't want to be one of those cats who who's you know, very successful, but never sees his kids and um, and goes global, but then his marae is pohara and gets no benefits and he's never there. And, you know, that, that this, this just not, it's not my, my MO. It's not the way 
I would like to live at all. Um, so, you know, my, my big, I, I don't really have sort of written plan or, or, or goal. You know, I don't really do that. I, I'm more around values mm. and, and um, I, I'm values driven, bro. So, you know, if I, if I look at um, the values that, that drive me, it's about being um, there for my whanau when they need me, not just when I say whanau, it's, my whanau, you know, um, all of my cousins and aunties, uncles, mum, dad, and, and everyone. So, you know, that's that in itself, bro, is really quite a big job. <laughs> and um, and you know, when you're really connected into them and, and you you care for them, it's uh, it's a lot of work, but it's also it's mahiranga tera for me. Um, and what I found, man, is if I once I start looking at that as as my purpose, um, the rest of it takes care of itself. It's well, it's how it's turned out anyway over the last right. ten years. You know, um, mm. the the work stuff has just blossomed, and um, you know, my academic. So you know, I went back to university after dropping out, and and realised, ah. Oh, the reason why that I didn't really resonate with that was some of it was my own stuff. Some of it was a racist education system. But, you know, I, I've sort of realized, actually, I've worked it all out, man. I, I know um, that it's actually their job to make me pass. So if I don't understand something now, I, I raise it and I just say, hey, you don't make sense. And, and I've found as well that people can talk kaka sometimes, man. They just to make themselves sound flash and and eventually you kind of work it you, once you get to the knuckle of it you realize oh you're just trying to say this when you're trying to flash it up so um yeah i got my masters got my mba and um and then got my masters in advanced leadership and i'll get my doctorate one day yeah that's, wow. that's in my in my um that's in my destiny bro because uh, i know i can do it and um and i've i've you know, when I think about my values, I think I'll, I'll be able to help more people by by achieving that. But if I can achieve komatua status, uh, like so, you know, some of my komatua, like Tūranga Pito, uh, Koko Sandy, yeah. um, like um, all of their amazing komatua Ngāti Duanui, who helped Deb to get where she is, you know, that um, Ngāpari, that these are people who when I ask for them to come up for a porphyry for a, a new role or something, they they come up from Taranaki, and mm. and um that that means everything to me because if I don't start from a cultural perspective, you know the the whole health and safety thing, well this is for my cult, cultural health and safety, and it, it's always worked for me, always worked for me. Um. I'm just really impressed how you managed to do, um, you know, do all this and keep connected so well, um, you know, because you talk about your your whanau, but I mean, it's, that's extended to your your hapu and your iwi as well. Um, and I'm just, I mean, I'm mindful also. There's a whole, there's a whole lot of people, a whole lot of us out there who may be in corporate world or in tech who haven't really had the opportunity to connect back. Um, and for various reasons, perhaps they, they've never wanted to, or they just, um, you know, the world was a different place back then. They didn't want to share, share with the world their, their Maori side. But I think um, the world's changing. And, um, you know, just I just wonder if there's ways that um, we can encourage people to go home and contribute. Um, and of course, it's not a one way thing at all, it's, it's a two way thing where there's a lot to, yeah. to gain for, for ourselves from being back. Um, you know, with our communities. Yeah, but um, I, I'm really impressed with how you do it. Just any thoughts on how you'd encourage other people to do it? Well, it's, um, I always, I liken my connection to my iwi is like ponamu. So, you know, the, the more you interact with your ponamu, the more beautiful it becomes, you know, it becomes, it shines and, um, and then colors come that you don't normally see and you can hold it up to the light and, and you know by touching it and by interacting with it you and and by connecting with it you you see more beauty um and that's what what, what happens with your iwi as well 
you know, the, the more you connect into your iwi, the more you start connecting into your marae, um, the more beautiful your life becomes. And I, I got told by, well, my komato anyway have told me, you know, if you want to, if you want to grow, Dan, you've got to go in, go in to go out. And, and so I didn't understand that now. I was like, okay, and I got told this ages ago, but what, what I think they meant was, um, you know, that the deeper you go into your iwi, the deeper you go into um, anything te ao Māori, the, the, the more you can do, the more your life flourishes and, you know, kia pua wai, waka no kia pua wai, you know, so I, I think that's, um, that's what they meant and that's, that's certainly for me as I've gotten deeper into my marae, you know, in terms of service, you, uh, you know, service by leadership by service, um, I found that I became a better person, a better dad, a better husband, a better friend, and yeah, a better employee, all that kind of stuff as well. So, um, you know, while, while it looks like it's it's sort of connected and stuff like that, and it's, it's all part of it, but it's, it's actually, the benefit's been hugely for me in terms of um, what I've got back from it, in terms of, you know, the, the, the benefits and the blessings. Good boy. Kapai Dan. Well, I'm Kamutui Kornei and just want to say, you know, if you're a great example really um, of somebody that's, um, well, you know, a lot of ways a modern person and growing up, growing up um, in Christchurch, dual heritage, um, you know, took the opportunity to um, take on Maori culture as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as your superpower and um, just making a difference to the world and um, really love the opportunity to talk to you today and, and thanks so much for sharing. Hey, Namahi, bro, and I just want to say massive respect to you, bro, and what you do and uh, how you you really take our culture to the world. That's it's a kopapa matua, man. I'm, I'm really um, just impressed with what you do and um, and, and your wahine and how you brought your whole whanau in. I, I, I really love that, man. So just well done. And, and, um, and yeah, big mihi to you and your ancestors. Who have helped you to, to get to where you are today? Kapoi. Kapoi, Kunui. Kia ora. Kia ora, mate.